The Why Watch That Talk. What do we tell you? We told you that TV is coming back with a vengeance this fall. <laughs> there have been some highly anticipated uh, pickups from last season. We're going to talk about some of those shows that are that's, they're back. They're yeah. back in full effect, and they're ready to make you tear up and cry for some of them. And then we've got some series premieres. Ooh, ooh, we've got some new stuff out there. A lot of reboots, <laughs> along with <laughs> other things. And we do have, we, we are saying goodbye to one miniseries. So let's just get started. Here we go with, bye-bye, PBS's <laughs> The Miniaturist. I still, I need, it's only three parts, so I'm going to totally catch up on it and, and do it. But please tell us how it ended. <laughs> tell us everything. Yes, I, well... And let's just say this, Ref. We're going to try to get through all of these shows as quickly as possible, but not leave anything on the table. Well, the miniaturist. Okay, we're going to find out. I'm, I'm finding <laughs> out with you, listeners. Yes. So look, this is a period piece that's set in Amsterdam during the 1680s. Nella, played by Anya Taylor-Joy, marries wealthy merchant Johan, played by Alex Hassel, and she moves into his house, of course. But Johan has a big old secret that threatens the entire household, including his sister, who's played by Ramola Garay, and his two servants, played by Haley Squires from I, Daniel Blake. Oh, oh, oh. She's and Papa Isiedu. Now. That's a, that sounds like a brother. <laughs> it is. <laughs> And get this, Johan isn't the only one with a secret. Now, despite all this, there's this mysterious miniaturist who seemingly, who, who just knows what's going on in this house. And the reason we know and they know is every day, the miniaturist sends the miniatures of themselves, of cakes and cookies and tables and whatever else that seems to presage the future. That seems creepy. So, Johan commits a crime, he's on trial, and he might be killed. So Nella wants to go to the miniaturist for help because maybe the miniaturist can find a way out. Now, we find out in the end who this miniaturist is, and I've got to say, it's a letdown. Oh, this was just ridiculous without being fun, really, except for the last part, sorry. Oh, okay. Magnum P.I. on CBS. Now, this is a new series. You're thinking, no, 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 I know Magnum P.I. Uh-uh. They have come back again with a reboot. And CBS, you are taking the cake. They're just going to reboot everything they've ever done. So expect a reboot of any show, even good or bad. Magnum P.I. is back. Tom Selleck gave its blessing. So how was that first episode? Well, you know, we have an action crime procedural here. It's Jay Hernandez taking over for Tom as Thomas Magnum, former Navy SEAL, now PI. Mm -hmm. Zachary Knighton and Stephen Hill, they play as friends, Rick and TC. They also have military backgrounds. We got Perdita Weeks playing Juliet Higgins. And the original was a man, now it's a woman. Mm. She's the manager of the estate in Hawaii where Magnum stays right as a courtesy from its owner. But Juliet's hiding something, and that's revealed in the pilot. Plus, she and Magnum don't get along, supposedly. Oh, yeah, you know what's going to happen. 
So, of course, in each episode, Magnum has a case to solve. He has the help of his friends and Juliet. But he also has to contend with local law enforcement, especially Detective Katsumoto, Mm -hmm. who's played by Tim Kang, and who wishes that Magnum would just go away. Of course. Now, going back to the original, it was driven by really two things. Tom Selleck. Yep. And you know what the other is? No. Hawaiian shirts. No. <laughs> I was gonna. I was. Think, I was gonna ask you if you're wearing a lot of Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> no, Jay isn't wearing the Hawaiian shirts, but others are. Uh, plus, you got the car. You got the theme song, right? Right, right. So oh, we, same theme. Okay. Yeah. So we have the car here. We have an updated version of the theme song, right? Okay. But the driving force seems to be some machine out there that they programmed to turn the original into something that's like the Hawaii Five O reboot, which crosses over with this, by the way, and oh, that no, MacGyver reboot. Okay. Yeah, it, it crossing over. So it looks the part. I mean, Justin Lin, who directed like four or however many movies from Fast and Furious franchise. Yeah. He directed the pilot, so it looks the part. But why do we need one more show like this? I don't know yet. Why, why, why? And I ain't gonna wait much longer to find out. Ooh, manifest on NBC. Mm. Now, is this lost? What is this? (laughs) 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 NBC said, you know what? Skip you, ABC. We have our own lost. So do tell us about Manifest. Oh boy, so as you said, look, this is a supernatural mystery drama. It begins in 2013. Uh Uh-huh. When the passengers and crew on a plane going from Jamaica to NYC, they experience Uh turbulence in the air. Uh Uh-huh. Only to find out that the turbulence has pushed them forward five years in the future. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. So one moment is 2013, the next is 2018. Oh boy. So they deplain, their loved ones have aged, but they haven't. Mm. Plus, everyone had given them up for dead, okay? So, wait a minute. The principal characters on the plane, let's go through them, three of them. One, police officer Michaela Stone, played by Melissa Roxburgh. She's dealing with some sort of tragedy from the recent past for her. Mm. Michaela's intelligence officer brother, Ben, who's played by Josh Dallas, right? He has a wife and twins, and one of the twins, played by Jack Messina, is on the plane with them. But he was very ill, doesn't have much longer to live. What's going on now after this event? Mm-hmm. And then there's Sanvi Bao, played by Parveen Kaur, who's a cutting-edge medical researcher. So Michaela, Ben, and Sanvi, they find that lots of things have changed in five years, right? Michaela's fiance has moved on from her. Ta-ta. Ben's wife, played by Athena Karkanis, and his daughter, played by Luna Blaze. Well, they're keeping a big secret from him. And Sanvi's medical breakthrough has taken on a life of its own. But here's the thing. While the three of them, along with everybody else on that plane, may look the same, they've changed too. There's some voice in their heads telling them to do certain things. But why and how and what does all of this mean? Well, here's what I got to say. The writing. Come on. I don't know what that means yet. It's not good. Okay. Now, early on in the pilot, Michaela, this is what, here's the line. Something like this. It's not literal, but something. What happened to me ruined my life. But it saved my life, too. Come on. Stop it. 
Now look, this show, who's it for? It's for people, as you hinted, who just have an itch for anything that contains a semblance of lost, right? Mm. But I'm gonna tell the writers this, moving forward, you're gonna have to reveal a lot per episode to make this even moderately interesting and to overcome the execution, which in the pilot, I mean, some of it was laughable, some. Hmm. Maybe they will though, I will say that, maybe they will. So I'm gonna give them another episode or two to see whether they can rise to the challenge. FBI on CBS, yep, just FBI, that's it. That's it. <laughs> it's like the police or postman, it's <laughs> FBI. <laughs> so you already know it's a procedural, you already know it's USPS. <laughs> FedEx. FedEx, <laughs> coming to a TV. <laughs> But yeah, it's on CBS. Not to make fun of it, but it's just sort of like CBS is really, I mean, CBS is all about the procedural. Yeah. <laughs> and we have now one with the FBI. Mm. So you know what you're dealing with, right? <laughs> now, <laughs> Missy Peregrine, she plays FBI Special Agent Maggie Bell. She's smart. She's instinctive. Okay. Her partner's name is Zico, played by Omar Zidane. He's impulsive, but maybe he's right. Okay, so you can't discount him. Jeremy Sisto, rolling with the homies himself, mm. plays another more experienced agent, and Ebony Noel plays the analyst for the agency. Rounding out the cast is Celia Ward, who plays the special agent in charge, but she replaced Connie Nielsen from the pilot. So just know there's a switcheroo happening there. Not the same character, though. Okay. We got another procedural. Yes, from, from CBS. And Dick Wolf. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. And the only reason it's different is because it has a different title. Yes, that's what I mean. Now, I guess what they're saying is this. Well, these are FBI detectives, not NYPD detectives. Is that supposed to make a difference? <laughs> Look, now, it looks fine. But the execution to me is just by the numbers. You know, uh, where's the enthusiasm? So they're going to need to do a lot more to just go through Dick Wolf's checklist for me. I mean, like, what's the special part? I don't know what's special. It's not bad. It's just, okay, whatever. Listen, it's what you, you, you bring the TV tray out <laughs> down and you, you munch and yell at the TV. That's what that's really for. Uh, <laughs> sorry, mom. I didn't mean to ouch you like that. <laughs> New Amsterdam on NBC. Yeah. Uh, now this, we know this particular uh, front man <laughs> mm -hmm. from the blacklist and from what blacklist redemption or something like that. So he's back. <laughs> he's back with a new <laughs> occupation. <laughs> He's saving lives and stuff. Oh. Yes. Uh, so medical procedural. Oh. oh. It's set at New Amsterdam Hospital, which is a fictional, well, it's based on uh, the very real Bellevue Hospital here in New York City. Yeah. Okay. You talked about Ryan Eggold here. NBC loves him. Yeah, Blacklist. I mean, really, they do. Spinoff that failed, and they go, well, here's another one. Well, they also have them host on KG, like uh, Hoda and- uh, Really? Kathy Lee. Yes, a lot. You know. 
So they love him. Fine. Yeah, the dude's cool with me. Now, he plays Dr. Max Goodwin, who arrives at New Amsterdam as its new medical director. Uh, and this is not maybe so great for him because in the past, medical directors have lasted about one year only. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, of course, he has plenty of tricks up his sleeve. He's no ordinary doctor. Plus, he's got a secret motivation that's bittersweet. Uh-oh. So to prove just how much of a maverick he is, he fires the entire cardiology staff during his first meeting. Bye. Like Joe Clark. I was going to say something like Joe Clark. <laughs> you are all expurgated. <laughs> Expeditiously, Mr. Darno. <laughs> but that includes firing Dr. Floyd Reynolds, played by Jocko Sims. Was that a mistake? Well, according to Dr. Lauren Bloom, played by Janet Montgomery, it was. But why? And what happens as a result of that? And rounding out the cast are Freema Agyeman as hotshot surgeon, superstar surgeon. Dr. Helen Sharp. We have Tyler Labine as head psychologist, Dr. Iggy Frome, who's never afraid to take matters into his own hands. And Anupam Kerr stars as Dr. Vijay Kapoor, who's more of an expert than he seems. Now, New Amsterdam, it does have some zip. I'll give it to them. They got some zip. And they need it. Because this premise and tone, it can be eye-roll-inducing. You know, you've got this maverick who comes in. He's willing to try anything, has been tried before, to help people. And he's gonna buck the system. When everybody's inspired. Why are you doing a Frederick Douglass impression? <laughs> <laughs> because that I can just imagine the voiceover going, you know, man comes in. It's like, okay, whatever. But I will say this. I'm willing to give this cast a few episodes to see where this goes. Cause these are actors who you may not know who they are, but they do know what they're doing. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, FX. I'm always excited when I get to say that. <laughs> FX has a new show and it's called Mr. In Between. Now, if you know anything about FX, they're gonna swing for the fence. It's either going, it's polarizing. They're yeah. never like, meh. It's usually, I love the show or I absolutely hate the show. <laughs> so where are we at with Mr. In Between? Now, this comes to us from the Aussies. Ooh. Yeah. So it's already aired there. And it's a half-hour crime drama. Now, see, that's interesting. Half-hour. Half-hour crime drama with a dry sense of humor. Mm. Hmm. So Scott Ryan plays Ray Shoesmith. Love the name. He's a divorced dad. And he's a criminal enforcer and hitman. Okay. So if you need someone to collect some gambling debts, to send a message, or to take care of somebody, he's your guy, and he's gonna do it with minimal fuss. (laughs) (laughs) Brevity. (laughs) Now his boss, Ray, played by Damon Harriman, who was in Justified, one of my favorite shows. Mm. He's not quite as meticulous as uh, Ray would like, right? The boss isn't. So, that can be a problem, what, what can you do? Um, his best friend, Gary, played by Justin Rosniak, continuously puts him in tight spots that are embarrassing, but what can you do, it's his friend. His ex-wife doesn't want to see him, period, but his daughter does love him to bits. Also, he catches the eye of a beautiful paramedic named Allie, played by Brooke Satchwell. Somehow the two of them click. Hmm. So look, Scott Ryan in the lead as Ray, is appropriately nonplussed. And thankfully, the show follows suit. 
So you have just spot on deadpan humor here. Mm. It's so dry you'd get cut. Oh yeah. Okay, so this is what I'll say. FX, as you hinted before I started talking about this show, they are really clear on their branding. Yeah. This, I mean, this fits perfectly with Atlanta, Baskets, and Better Things. They just have high quality alternative comedies. That's Yay! Single Parents on ABC. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. this is a new show. Uh, you've got a familiar cast. You may not know... Uh, you'll know as soon as the critic starts raffling off those names. And you got a bunch of single parents recently divorced, some not. Yeah. And they're all kind of cohabiting, <laughs> in a sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's a comedy. And in this comedy, there are four single parents, and they bonded before the show starts, right? Yes. Three of them have kids who are starting first grade. The other has a baby who, unfortunately for him, he can't leave. The baby goes along with him. Look, he's got to get some new kicks. The baby's in line with him getting them kicks. (laughs) Okay. Now, on the first day of school, these four parents, and that's played by Leighton Meester, Brad Garrett, Kimry Lewis, and Jake Choi, uh, they meet new single parent Will Cooper, played by Taryn Killam, and they quickly realize that Will is everything they're not. His whole life revolves around his daughter and what she wants to do, so much so that he doesn't have an appropriate chair for them to sit in at home. <laughs> so this guy's an embarrassment and they can't let this stand. They've got to show him the uh, ropes and get him back into the swing of being an adult. Something's got to give, right? Well, let me tell you this, the interplay between those four people and the new dude to me was completely annoying. I was just completely annoyed by all of them. The personalities didn't do much for me, and the jokes had no chance of landing, okay? Well. Just because you make a show about single parents is not enough for a concept. This is common. It's not rare. We got it. So what they're going to need to do is find a stronger and more specific take or sayonara for me. Now, maybe they improve after the pilot. It is just a pilot. I don't know, though. But if... You are a parent. It might tickle you. It might. So there you go. Tickle, tickle, tickle. Now, let's not stop with ABC. They've got a million little things, which I got to see a long time ago. <laughs> and uh, it's. I think it's their attempt to answer This Is Us, obviously. Are you um, reading my mind? You, but we have the, we share the same brain, remember? <laughs> um, so... <laughs> or other halves of the brain. Uh, yeah, it's 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 the new This Is Us on ABC trying to jerk them tears. But is is it enough for you to go through your Kleenex box? Hmm. Mm. Uh, so this is a, it's like a family slash friendship drama with a twist. Mm. Yeah, well, of yeah. course. Uh, and it's centered around four friends who met when they got stuck in an elevator ten years ago. Uh, the friends are Eddie, played by David Gentoli, Rome, played by Romany Malco, Gary, played by James Roday, and John, played by Ron Livingston. Each friend has some sort of struggle that he's dealing with. Mm. Eddie's a music teacher with a frigid marriage. Hey. Rome's a director of commercials, but I'm just say it. He wants no, to. No, you're gonna you're gonna ruin it. Yeah, yeah, I no. am, but I won't really. But he he doesn't really have a desire to live. Mm. Gary's a breast cancer survivor. Yes. And John's a successful Harvard-trained businessman who's really the glue that keeps the group together. One day, one of the friends commits suicide. Mm -hmm. (gasps) Oh, my. 
Yes. Yes. I'm not telling you which one, though. Can you guess? Mm. Mm. Now, this death causes everyone else to consider the state of their lives and to make some changes. Also, their wives and girlfriends, they bond too. Uh, there's Gary's extremely new girlfriend, Maggie, played by Allison Miller, and he just met her at a support group meeting. <laughs> There's Where he's Regina. the only male. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and she's like, what are you doing here? He's like, hold on. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> he had to take another seat after he yes. slipped the straight. And then there's a Regina played by Christina Moses, who's Rome's wife and a chef uh, with aspirations. Yeah. Uh, there's Delilah played by Stephanie Zostak, who's married to John and who's hiding something. Oh, secret some lies. And then there's Grace Park's character, Catherine, who's married to Eddie, and she's a high-powered attorney with little time on her hands. Mm -hmm. Now, as you said, this is us. ABC saying, we're coming for you, but I gotta say, it's too early for us to tell whether this show is gonna achieve the same kind of quality. Look, even This Is Us, it took some time to gel. Let's not joke about it. Yeah, yeah. Took some time. Um, but I'll say, based on the pilot, there is just enough to warrant a second look. Of course, we're introduced to the characters and their challenges and secrets. And of course, but importantly, the pilot provides a mystery because yeah. uh, there's a suicide note. What's going on with that? And who sees it and who doesn't? Uh-huh. And there's a big old secret. Who's sleeping with whom? <laughs> and of course, that's going to set up fodder for future episodes. Now, my hope is this. I hope they tone down some of the preaching and emoting. I mean, yeah. it was forced, definitely, at times. Just trust your characters, their relationships and struggles. That's enough. I mean, even this whole title thing, it comes from a saying, friendship isn't a big thing, it's a million little things. Stop it! <laughs> but tonally, tonally, it's about right. Well, Fox has cool the cool kids. Yeah. We're going to round off these series premieres with the cool kids the on cool kids. Fox. <laughs> I was a cool kid. Of course, you still are one. But I don't know if I was one of these cool kids. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, for the cool kids, it's a comedy with a laugh track. Uh... So we got Hank, Charlie, and Sid. They're three friends at the retirement home. <laughs> Now look, listen to this. Hank is played by David Allen Greer. Yeah! <laughs> and he's bossy and cantankerous. Of course. We got Charlie played by Martin Mull. Yes, Martin Mull. <laughs> and this is a guy who's lived through everything. Anything you say, you go, yeah, I've been there. Of course. <laughs> and then there's Sid played by Leslie Jordan, who's the colorful gay guy. Now, <laughs> they've just lost their friend, their fourth, so they like to throw a party in his honor. But in the name of peace and quiet, the retirement uh, home director goes, I don't think so. Oh. Well, they're going to show her. And they're going to show Margaret, a pesky female resident played by Vicki Lawrence. A mama's family. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay, because she presumes to sit in their friend's seat. How dare her? Vicky. So she gonna learn who's in charge. Now, in the end, they do have the party, but surprisingly, it's thanks to Margaret. 
So have they actually found their new fourth? The new cool kid? Right. Or is she just going to be annoyance? I mean, who is the cool kid now? Who is it? <laughs> I got to say this, Ref. Watching this, it felt like I was in the 90s again. Oh. Okay. It could have aired on ABC in the TGIF block. Really. Mm-hmm. The only difference is the age of the actors. That's it. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, after all, each member of this main cast has so much experience. I mean, it would put us all to shame. I was laughing at it. That was the that was yeah. the funniest part. So it doesn't matter what you're writing. They're going to land it. Like, they know what they're doing. It's clear. Uh, and so they actually lift up the material here uh, and keep it from being an embarrassment. So here's what you can do. If you're in on a Friday night, that's when it airs, you got nothing to do, you can turn it on. Hmm. It'll be fine. Oh, that's good to know. Now, I just want to reiterate to all the listeners, we have given you advice about pilots. Yeah. The critics' formal recommendation is to give a new show one to two. No, actually, you said three, but you're, you're now weaned it down to two. <laughs> give it a couple episodes because you there is a huge gap between when they make the pilot to when they start the production of making other shows. So just as an FYI. Now we've got some season premieres, some good tried and true. Young Sheldon is back on CBS. Good gracious, they're not doing 13, they're not doing 10. (laughs) They're gonna head to almost over 20 episodes of Young Sheldon because we do know it's the last season for the Big Bang Theory. However, Sheldon will live on in Young Sheldon. Yes, he better. Now, <laughs> in the second season of this spinoff, as you said of the Big Bang Theory, Sheldon, played by Ian Arbitage, who's all a 10 by now, <laughs> still has to navigate all these people. His overly protective mother, played by Zoe Perry. His less concerned father, played by Lance Barber. His mischievous twin sister, played by Reagan Reverd. His simple-minded brother, played by Montana Jordan, and his laid-back Meemaw, played by the great Annie Potts. Along with Meemaw's boyfriend, who's his mentor and his college professor, who's played by Wallace Shawn. Yeah, the great Wallace Shawn. And also you gotta deal with those high school teachers and his fellow students. Now, of course Sheldon's too smart for his own good. Of course. But he might be brilliant. But that doesn't mean he's wise. And that's what's so good about the show. He still has a lot to learn about stuff you can't read about in a book, Mm. right? So in the first episode, for instance, he dismantles the refrigerator. (laughs) And he goes, okay, I'll become a paper boy to pay you back, dad. And of course, there are all (laughs) kinds of unforeseen events that he has to contend with. But in the second episode, because they released two episodes in the first week, ref. Oh. In the second episode, he meets his match. There's another 10-year-old, a girl, and she's a month younger than him. Oh. And she is just as smart or maybe smarter. Ooh. Uh-oh. Let's just say this. I'm so happy to say that season two of Young Sheldon picks right where season one left off quality-wise. It's smart. It's well-written. It's well-acted. Watch it. Ooh. Hammer thrown and dropped. The Good Doctor, which is on ABC, is back for its second season. And again, this isn't uh, t- 10 episodes in and done. You're really going to have to commit to The Good Doctor. But it's a procedural as well with a twist. Yes. Uh, now we're in season two. As you said, uh, we have autistic savant Sean, played by Freddie Highmore. 
Well, he hasn't been kicked out of the residency program yet. And that was a threat from mm-hmm. season one. But things have changed. His mentor and some sort of father figure, played by Richard Schiff, well, he's battling cancer. Yeah. He's no longer the chief of surgery. I'm scared. He's not dead yet. Good God. No. So, and I'll come back to that. So instead, the very doctor, played by Hill Harper, who thought Sean should never have been in the program in the first place because of his autism, well, now he's in charge. Oh. Mm. In addition, in the first episode of this new season, one of Sean's fellow residents goes through his last day at the program. Whoa. Mm. And somebody comes back into Sean's life to complicate things. Oh, boy. Now, look, this show, you know what? It's settled into itself, which means it's fine with being a pretty good medical procedural that really underuses its central character. Mm. And that's its its, uh, distinguishing trait. That's what it is. Uh, The other doctors really aren't that compelling still. But I will say they are trying to give them things that are interesting to contend with. But regardless of that, as I've said before, what they need to do is go look at House and steal. Steal, steal, steal. Talking and about... And, yeah, and maybe they will, right? But just to wrap it out, uh, a former cast member of House is joining this cast in a recurring role, Lisa Edelstein. Oh. Maybe she has some secrets for them, right? She's but got look, a little something. Yeah, I mean, it's fine as is. I just, I see the potential that they could get to. I hope they reach it one day. All right, moving on to NBC. This is us. It's oh, back. Oh. Everybody's been waiting. I mean, geez, we left the second season where mm. Deja just bashed in her, uh, her. I was they're not adoptive parents. What are they? They're her guardians' mm. uh, window. People mm. got married. Wow. There's a new love romance happening. But most importantly, This Is Us did something it never had done before, and that was flash forward into the future. The question is, do we get that from this new series? Do we get any flash forwards? And I'm going to say, you better watch out. You better watch out. Well, you get, yeah, you get something completely different. Now, wait a minute. Before we get to that. (laughs) So at the start of this third season, it's the siblings' birthday again. They're turning 38. A special age. And of course, there are serious things that are on the line for each of them. Uh, Let's go through. First, for Randall, played by Sterling K. Brown, and his wife, Beth, played by Susan Kelechi Watson. They hope to adopt Deja, who's played by Lyric Ross. But of course, Deja can't make anything easy. No. Deja. Now, Deja also's got her own things to settle. Okay, she got some business to take care of outside of them. Mm Mm-hmm. Second for Kevin, played by Justin Hartley. Well, he's got to watch out for Beth. Because he, she, I mean, she got a bone to pick with him and her cousin, Zoe, played by Melanie Lybird, who's getting it on with Kevin. What a bone. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> now, the person that Beth is worried about, though, may not be who you think. Mm. Third for Kate, played by Chrissy Metz, and Toby, played by Chris Sullivan. They've decided to try to get pregnant again, but that's fraught with complications. I mean, are they going to have to give up on that dream? Mm. Mm -hmm. Also, in the flashback sequences here, we see the first date that mom and dad, that's Mandy Moore and Milo Victimilia, ever had. 
Oh boy, that was. But how does that date play out? (laughs) And in a twist, which we're getting used to now from This Is Us, we're introduced to a real life character from the past? Who saw that coming? What now? I like where this show is. I like how Dan Fogelman, the creator and his team of writers, I love how they're willing to try new things with the premise. You know, adding in Franco Harris, the real football player from the Steelers. What? what? I mean, this stuff is intriguing. Plus, the cast has always been good. Uh, My one wish, though. I have a wish. Okay. Is that they stop holding back at times. Like, I really want people to always hold their breath or ugly cry in every episode. That's my wish. But even still, you know what? I would call this now a very good show, especially for a genre. Mm. Well, my wish is that we make these characters a little likable because, I mean, they fall (laughs) apart at the very smallest of things. But whatever, that's them. This is us. Grey's Anatomy on ABC is back for season 15. Uh. It's older than my nieces and nephews. It's older than you, Brianna and Bryce. Now, but guess what? It doesn't stop people from chiming in, tuning in, because this show is one of the shows that ain't never gonna die. It's gonna be like Chicago on Broadway. (laughs) Right. Or the Fantastics on Broadway, right? Right. Now look, yeah, season 15. Oh, jeez. Now, season 15 of this medical procedure picks up right where season 14 left off with the surprise double wedding finale. Oh, boy. Let's go through. Stick with me, everybody. Stick. Meredith, played by Ellen Pompeo. She's been dreaming about sleeping with her male colleagues ever since she was kissed by DeLuca, who's really her employee. Oh. So that's bothersome. But there's a matchmaker who comes to the hospital, of course, tragically, named Cece. And she's played perfectly by Caroline Clay in a recurring role. She comes into Meredith's life and everybody else's lives at the hospital. But is Meredith going to listen and accept her help? Uh, moving on to Karev, played by Justin Chambers and Joe, played by Camilla Luddington. They're on their honeymoon. How long is that going to last, right? Oh, Somebody has a bright idea that's going to change the whole world. But will they be able to return to Seattle because they left to go to Boston to work on it? Will Miranda allow them to? We've got Amelia, played by Katarina Scorsone, and Owen, played by Kevin McKidd. They're still taking care of Betty, who's a teenage drug addict. Yeah. Along with their baby, of course. But Kim Raver's character, Teddy, is back. Is she back for Owen? Or is it just for work? I'll come back to that later. We got Maggie, played by Kelly McCreary, and Jackson, played by Jesse Williams. They're still together after April Jackson's ex got married in a surprise to really the man of her dreams. But what's going on in Jackson's head? Does he have ideas? Talking about DeLuca again. He's kissing on Meredith Grey. Is he regretting that? What's going on there? And he's played by Giacomo Gianniotti. Oh, dear. Now, he also has a sister whose surgical specialty is so appropriate for the show because it brings in all kinds of sexual humor. So they're taken care of. Miranda, played by Chandra Wilson. She's still focused on not having another heart attack. Yeah. 
Chandra's still around. She is. And she offered Teddy, here we go back to her, the job of interim chief while Miranda goes on a stress sabbatical. But can Teddy do it in the face of what's going on with a big old secret she's carrying around? And can Miranda keep her decision about interim chief secret as well from all of these pesky doctors? No. Then we got Weber, played by James Pickens Jr. He's reconciled with his wife, played by the wonderful Debbie Allen. But his one of his best friends and sober companion, all of that has died. Can he keep it together after that? And we're introduced to new people. We got a new doctor, the ortho god. Okay, his name is Dr. Atticus Link Lincoln. And he's played, by the way, by Chris Carmack, who was Will in Nashville. So Link's got his eyes on Meredith, but does she have her eyes on him? Also, there's another doctor that comes in with the hospital with Link, Link, and he causes one of the interns to have unexpected feelings. Oh, boy. And, of course, they got the medical cases. Who cares about those? But the question is, <laughs> who's going to be the interim chief? Now, look, Ray's Anatomy at 15 years old still zips oh. along when he needs to. It's still light on his feet when appropriate. And, of course, as you just heard, you have every single soap opera element available. Jeez! So the bottom line is this. They still haven't lost a step ever since. Four years ago, they started their renaissance. Mm. Well, Murphy Brown, yes, yes, yes. It is not a new series, because some of you are like, what is Murphy Brown? Yeah, that's because you're under 30. (laughs) Murphy Brown returns. you say that, shut your mouth. You better know who Murphy Brown is. (laughs) I don't know who Murphy Brown is, but you're going to school him in a second. Uh, After 20 years, it's coming back for season 11. It's on CBS, of course. But it's only back for 13 seasons, not like the 24 episodes. 13 episodes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 13 episodes, excuse me. And Candace back. And I bet you she's back with some fire. Well, let's find out. Hold that thought. So we talked, here we go. Candace Bergen once again plays the titular investigative journalist and news anchor and... Just had to throw it in. I did. (laughs) And Lightning Rod, right? Also returning, playing uh, Murphy's colleagues, our Faith Ford as Corky, right? A little ditzy one. Joe Bergelbuto as Frank, and Grant Shout as Miles. New to the cast are Jake McDormand. Yes, Limitless is oh, Jake McDormand. Okay. He plays Murphy's son, who's now Murphy's rival in cable news. Get out of here. He works for the Wolf Network. <laughs> <laughs> Not Fox, but Wolf. Oh, God. <laughs> We also have Nick Dodati's character, Pat, who's Murphy's director of social media. So, of course, there are big jokes about that. And Time Daily now is the owner of the local book. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Now, stick with this, everybody. This is like the upside down, or or maybe it's the downside up version of Roseanne. (laughs) Okay, so Roseanne is, or Rose, I should say was, a Trump supporter broadcasting on a more liberal network, ABC. While Murphy Brown is a Hillary supporter broadcasting on a more conservative network, CBS. Yes. But even as somebody who watched only the first two episodes of the Roseanne uh, revival, I know that Roseanne's cast timing didn't miss a beat. Not one. It was as good as it always was. For Murphy Brown, though... The timing is sluggish. Uh, 
surprisingly, some of the best pacing was when Hillary Clinton herself showed up. Because they just ran through the lines. Just ran through the lines for Hillary. I was like, oh, there it is. <laughs> also, just to make sure I wasn't misremembering things, I went back and watched some classic Murphy Brown episodes. When do you have time? <laughs> so, well, if you have CBS All Access, it's right in there. It's real easy. Oh, we didn't get paid for that. No, that's right. So I went back and I was like, no, I'm not misremember misremembering a thing. Got it. So, also, as you mentioned leading into this, in the original, Murphy had fire. Yeah. Fire. I don't know where it went. <laughs> so here's what I suggest. Go for it. Hello, go for it. And add more variety to the bits. Enough with Trump, 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 Trump. Mm. We got it. Do something else. Also, they need more characters, in my opinion, which might be coming. Now, unfortunately, Robert Pastorelli, who played the house painter, mm. he's passed away. Oh. Yeah, unfortunately. But Charles Kimbrough, who played Murphy's former co-anchor, he's going to recur in some of the episodes to come. They need him. And what I hope is they can convince Lily Tomlin to come back. Yeah. They need her. Mm. So here's the final point, and wow, we're at the end. <gasps> Everybody working on the pilot, on this new one, you need to dust off your 20-year-old cobwebs and get back to work stacked. Ooh, so you heard it there from the critic. Now, listen, that's a lot happening, but that's not even remotely half of what these these studios are going to be throwing at us this fall. So you can catch up if you have DVR, if you did On Demand, if you have Hulu, if you have CBS All Access. But if not, I will caution you, you don't want to get too far behind because fall TV is not slowing down. <laughs>